and gentlemen, welcome back to the truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, back with another episode of the truth. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be doing our first fantasy slash NFL preview for week number one. If you guys know, last year I did this with my co-host, Lucas Dolor Dominguez. I definitely messed that up. Unfortunately, this year I think I'm going to be solo for these. Um, breakdowns, which isn't the worst case in the world, um, but it would definitely be great to get some more insight and whatnot. So we'll have to play it by ear, but for now, at least it's going to be myself, which is totally fine because I know everything anyways, right? I am recording this on Thursday at 7 p.m. Currently, it's halftime for the Los Angeles Rams and Buffalo Bills game, and I wanted to at least start the recording now because A, I'm in that football spirit, and B, that way I can get this ready to go. And that's kind of typically when I'm going to be doing these on my posties on Saturday. Uh, that way you guys have um, a day to kind of prepare your teams for the upcoming week. And I, like I mentioned in the previous show, I had switched over from doing just a full podcast, which included the Thursday night game, to now a Thursday night special, which just talks about the Thursday game, a fantasy NFL preview for week one, which covers the games on Sunday and Monday. And then also um, I did one for pick them while I'll be picking the teams that I think will win each game. So that's kind of what I'm going to be uh, be doing, and uh, we'll go from there, and it'll be fun. And nonetheless, it's probably going to be a little bit shorter too um, because, A, I'm doing it by myself, and, B, I'm kind of setting a goal for myself this year to kind of make these brief because there's not um, going to be too many things that um, set up as far as um, different scenarios and whatnot. And so – I really think that these are going to be shorter than last year. They're still going to be very, um, you know, good as far as quality is concerned, but definitely be shorter. And I think we're going to try to see if this works. If people like shorter shows, then I'll keep going with that because I do ramble on and on um, for a period of time. So it's going to be something to see. But anyways, guys, let's hop into it. I start off in the NFL because it is an NFL slash fantasy preview. I'm going to start with my game of the week this week as far as Sunday is concerned. It's going to be the Chiefs at the Cardinals. Both teams made the playoffs last year. The Chiefs obviously lost in the AFC Championship game to the Bengals. And the Cardinals were a first-round exit against the Rams. Starting off this season, this is going to be a really good game to watch. Um, The Chiefs do play on the road, so it's a little bit uh, different than playing at home. But the Cardinals' offense in Kyler Murray is kind of a new-look offense in the fact that DeAndre Hopkins will not be with them for the first six games of the year. They also lost Christian Kirk, um, so the weapons, as far as that's concerned, is going to be something to keep your eye on as time goes on and see how successful that Cardinals offense is going to be. The Chiefs offense is a little bit similar in the fact that they lost Tyreek Hill, and they also gained Juju Smith-Schuster. So two interesting teams here. I think this is going to be a high-scoring affair. Um, defense isn't is prevalent on both teams, but like not at the same time. And it's going to be a really good game. I think I'm going to have the Chiefs winning this one, 35-31 on the road. Um, The Chiefs are just a better overall team. I think a lot of people are hating on the Chiefs for whatever reason it is um, that they're hating on the Chiefs this year. But I don't really see a big, um, I guess, change, you could say, from the Chiefs last year to this year that would make me want to put them as the number two team in the division. I know some people are putting the Chargers as the number one, which it can happen. But even if you lose Tyreek, I mean, the Chiefs are still pretty much intact. You did lose Tyron Matthew, too, on the defensive side, which hurts. But the Chiefs are poised to win another AFC West, and honestly, by a good margin. So a little curious behind that logic and reasoning there. But I still got the Chiefs winning this one. It's going to be a good game to watch uh, for sure. Two other games to watch. The Packers taking on the Vikings on the road. 
I'm excited for this one. Kevin O'Connell's first um, game as a head coach, NFL game, I should say. The Vikings, Kirk Cousins versus Aaron Rodgers, and a different staff. Uh, Lazard's the number one receiver on that Packers roster, in my opinion. And I think with Lazard and Rodgers can have that really good connection from the get-go and something to keep your eye on if you're a Packers fan. On the flip side, Justin Jefferson is poised to have one of the best years, um, not necessarily of all time, but one of the best years that he's shown in a while. So two really good teams as far as offense is concerned. Darius Smith, um, his first game against the Packers, and honestly, he was a little bit upset as far as um, his time in Green Bay, and it's something to kind of take into note as we move forward um, and, and with that scene where that relationship can go with Minnesota. But the keys to this game, at least for the Vikings, is playing defense. And for the Packers is to basically prove and play enough offense that they're going to be successful. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the Packers got their ass whooped in the first game last year. Was it to the Saints? Somebody they lost, like 35-3. to And it was the first week of the season, and then they ended up going like 13-3 and, and <laughs> you know, whatever. But it's going to be interesting this year to see how these two teams match up. The NFC North, in my opinion, is going to be wide open. I do believe the Vikings will take it just because, like, Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is the back-to-back MVP, but I don't think people realize how depleted that offense is without Devontae Adams. I mean, you're talking about a guy that's getting 14, 15, 1,600 yards a season um, as you know the wide receiver position. He's got his best friend playing quarterback. So it's going to be curious to see how these two teams um, play in the NFC North. These matchups are going to be huge. The Vikings typically don't do good on season opening days, especially at home. I'm really hoping they pull a win out here because this could ultimately – as much as I hate to say this right now, it could be the division decider because this game and then another game that they play could really decide the division. So it's going to be a good game. I do have the Vikings winning this one at home. I'm sorry, the Packers winning this one on the road. As much as I want to pick the Vikings here, I just think the Packers, they always seem to own the Vikings in Minnesota, whereas the Vikings seem to own the Packers at Lambeau. And overall, I think the Packers are just going to do enough to get the win, and that's going to be the important thing to watch in that one. The Bucks at Cowboys is my other game to watch out for. This is going to be a good one. This is Sunday Night Football. Tom Brady, a lot of uncertainty with Tom Brady as we go into this year. He's 45 years old, and not necessarily the uncertainty of how good he's going to be playing this year, but he's been doing with some off-the-field stuff, nothing like too insane, but still something to keep your eye on if you're a Tom Brady or a fantasy fan because there's a lot. Of, there's been a lot of up and ups and downs, and it's just going to be one of those things that it's very interesting to see and and how effective the Buccaneers are going to be this year. The Cowboys this year, um, I don't know, because it feels like this every year the Cowboys are one of those teams that are either really good or really bad, and it's really hard to gauge from the first snap. And I'd be curious to see as time moves on how well that the Cowboys are going to play. But going into this year with Tom Brady and the Cowboys playing the way that they've been playing, um, at least through the previous years, it's going to be a good matchup. It's in Jerry's world in Dallas, and that's something to keep your eye on if you're a Bucks fan or a Cowboys fan. The key to this game is definitely going to be defense, and I'm going to say this a lot because these are high prolific offenses. I mean, look at the Cowboys. You have Dak Prescott, um, CeeDee Lamb, you can mix Zeke and Tony Pollard. The Bucks got Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, so some good pieces there. Who's going to make that one stop that's ultimately going to decide the game? I don't really think there's going to be too much defense, maybe early on as the offense gets their jitters out, but this is going to be another good game and a perfect week to, uh, to cap Sunday Night Football. My lock of the week is going to be the Titans home versus the Giants. Um, that's one of the main reasons why the Titans are playing at home. Another reason why is the Giants suck, and everyone knows that. 
A third reason why um, the, the, I think the Titans are going to beat the Giants this game is just because the Titans are a really good team. And obviously they run their offense through Derrick Henry. Everybody knows that. And even opposing defenses know that they run their offense through Derrick Henry. But it's one of those things, too, that the Giants' defense is so bad, especially as far as run, run defense is concerned. And it'd be really curious to see how their defense will stack up to um, the defense of, you know, the, the, the Titans, for example, because obviously on the Gi- the Giants side of things and the offensive side, they don't have anything. And they're just honestly probably hoping and praying that they do enough to, or actually they probably would rather not do well and just get like a number one overall pick compared to doing well. So we'll see what happens, but this is definitely a safe bet. If you're one of those betters out there that the Titans winning at home is going to be a good bet for you. And, Derrick Henry is poised to have two, three, maybe even four touchdowns if we're going to be really exaggerated. But I'm really excited to see how this one's going to pan out and I'm really excited to see how these offenses um, are going to you know, be coincided because obviously the Giants' offense sucks. Are they going to be able to do enough against the Titans? I don't think so. My upset's going to be the Steelers over the Bengals on the road. I have a Bengals fan, Ian Hyman, if you're out there listening. Um, shout out to you. He says that the Bengals are going to beat the Steelers like 40-3. to three. Let's not count out the Steelers just yet. Sure, they kind of have uncertainty at quarterback. Mitch Trubisky has obviously tried to establish himself as far as a good quarterback in the NFL. On the flip side of that, um, they have Najee Harris, TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick on the defensive side. Let's not forget their wide receivers, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, who I think is going to have a really big year, and then Pat Fryermuth at the the position of tight end. And so – Their offense really isn't that bad. The question is, how are they going to be able to play? And are they going to play effectively to the point where, you know, they make a run as the year goes on? And I really don't think that they're going to make a run, but they're a team that can because of talent in and of itself um, in the mix they have there. So we'll see. I do think the Steelers are going to win one on the road. You, You always look at upsets for the week and you have to pick and choose. Bengals, obviously, the AFC champions last year, so... That kind of makes it seem like um, they're going to be an upset no matter what. But I do like the Steelers overall. And I don't discredit the Steelers this season thus far. I don't think you should necessarily count them out just yet. Um, but maybe see and play it out as it goes. And eventually maybe there will be a quarterback change in Steel Country and then a lot of fans will start to uh, be happy once again. But, yeah, so that's going to be my NFL portion. Like I said, I'm making these podcasts shorter because I want to get the brief points out there. And I think it's just going to be better as I combine basically three shows in one two must-sits, two sleepers, and two busts. My first must-start is going to be Christian Kirk at the Commanders. Now, here's where I'm coming from with this move right here. Christian Kirk, I believe, has established himself as the number one receiver on um, that offensive side for the, um, well, yeah, now the Jaguars uh, against the Commanders this season. And honestly, Christian Kirk is really not a bad player. Uh, Christian Kirk has established himself as more of a role wide receiver in Arizona. And there's really just a lot of positive things with Christian Kirk um, revolving around the Jacksonville offense. I mentioned when I was doing my NF, uh, NF, sorry, AFC South preview that Trevor Lawrence is looking for that guy to have as established receiver and come to the point where he's really one of those veteran players that can really help Trevor Lawrence, you know, come up to the NFL and be a successful NFL player. And I really do believe, especially as time goes on, the connection between these two is going to be huge. Now, 
The Commanders do have a good defense. Um, Chase Young's currently not out there, uh, I believe, at the moment, so he's not out there. But other than that, they have a good defense. And really, I think the Commanders pride themselves in run defense, which opens up the passing game. That kind of is one of those situations where I maybe try to shy away from an A-team yet or Robinson just because of the Commanders' run defense and switch gears and try to look more to the passing game and that pass defense where it lacks a little bit. And Christian Kirk's going to be a guy that's going to be a good flex option or even wide receiver too. And against the Commanders early on, I expect Christian Kirk to have maybe seven, eight receptions, a good amount of yards, and maybe even have a touchdown or two. So I definitely think he's a must-start um, for your fantasy owners and for the fantasy owners out there this week. Jarvis Landry is my second key player um, coming on to the Saints. You know, Michael Thomas has had some injury concerns, but he's back alongside Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave. One of the big reasons why I like Jarvis Landry this week against um, the Falcons is, A, the Falcons suck and their defense is really bad. But, two, Jameis Winston is poised to have a really, 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 really big season upcoming for um for the saints this year and i really do believe the connection that is established early on in camp between landry and winston is going to showcase early in week one now i think a lot of the attention that um uh the saints were are going to basically put up against is going to be or the falcons defense is going to put up against is going to be on michael thomas and even alvin kamara and jarvis landry is one of those guys that fits the wide receiver to build and can be one of those guys that is really established early on and has a really good week as far as um, overall production is concerned. I also really like the matchup against the Falcons' pass defense, which really lacked, was one of the worst last season. In that NFC South division, you know, this is going to be a big game for the Saints. They're really going to want to, like I said, establish that connection early on and see how far they can go, but it's a really good matchup for Jarvis Landry this week. My first must-sit is going to be David Montgomery, who plays home against the 49ers. David Montgomery, I've never been high on. Khalil Herbert, I actually like more than David Montgomery, and that was because David Montgomery was hurt, but I feel like Khalil Herbert had more success per capita. The 49ers have a really good defense. You could arguably mention it's one of the best three in all of football. Looking on that defensive front, you got Joey Bosa, even at the linebacker position, sorry, Nick Bosa. And then you can look at the linebacker position and get Fred Warner there. I mean, it's just a really hard team to run against. Now, the Bears don't have a good running game in a in a in and of itself. So having a struggling running game against a really good running defense is really not a good combination. And it makes sense in a way why teams would kind of go out there and try to, you know, pass the football against the 49ers compared to running it. Now, on the flip side, if you're a Bears fan, I don't like your passing game either. So it's one of those things that I think Darnell Mooney's going to shine out of this game um, for the Bears and be a good wide receiver option. But I don't think David Montgomery is going to. They're going to try to feed him the ball, and I just really don't think it's going to work this week. So David Montgomery I'd try to shy away from as best as possible if I were you. Jerry Judy is going to be my second player um, that I'm going to have as a must-sit against Seattle. Portland Sutton has emerged as the number one receiver, at least right now, with Russell Wilson. Um, Portland Sutton's coming back from injury. Jerry Judy, honestly, the biggest concern with Jerry Judy as far as um, overall play is his ability to catch the football because his ability to catch the football is one of those things that scares a lot of people. I mean, he dropped a lot of balls. He is the number two wide receiver with Tim Patrick out on the year with um, IR issues. You're going to see Jerry Judy come into the mix, but the Seahawks defense, there's one bright spot to the Seahawks is definitely their defense. It's not going to be great, don't get me wrong, but it's going to do enough cornerbacks there are still good you got jamal adams um, working there in the secondary so it's a really kind of 
interesting team. You play on a Monday Night Football primetime game. I just don't see Jerry Judy having a big week this week. That doesn't mean that Jerry Judy's not going to have a big week next week. It's just this week, I don't like the matchup against that Seahawks secondary. And in all honesty, it's one of those things that you kind of have to pay attention to and see really how it's going to be translated and how well that Denver Broncos offense is going to be playing. My sleepers, Miles Sanders at the Lions. I'm really big on Miles Sanders this year. You guys know that. I say that pretty much every year I have Miles Sanders, and I have him again this year in two, maybe even three leagues. Miles Sanders, again, the 40, the Philadelphia Eagles, rather, had really worked on running the football in training camp, and even last year they found tons of success with it. Miles Sanders is that main back. You do throw in the mix players like Kenneth Gainwell who can get some touches. But overall, the number one running back on the team is going to be Miles Sanders. He's going to get 15 to 18 carries a game, four to five receptions, and he's going to pick up some yards because that Eagles front not only is a good run-blocking front, but it's also a really good pass-blocking front. Again, the Lions defense isn't very good. Honestly, it's pretty crappy, just one of the worst defenses in all of football. So it's a really good matchup for Miles Sanders to kind of come out and show that, okay, he is a reliable fantasy option um, this week. And I think a lot of people have taken what he's done in fantasy in the past and kind of tried to put it into the idea of maybe it's a different, you know, new year, different system, all that stuff, and, and try to put that behind them. But it's hard to. I, I agree. I'm putting Miles Sanders in half my leagues this week um, as far as matchups is, matchups is concerned. And I really do think, again, after a period of time, Miles Sanders will reassert himself as an RB2, maybe even a flex option. But this week, you'd be silly enough not to put him at the running back two or in the sleeper position because the 49ers, the, I keep saying the 49ers with Philadelphia. I have no idea why. The Eagles and Jalen Hurts running the football, whether that's the read options or just, you know, downfield running of itself is going to be good enough for an overall uh, win and a good start for the Eagles campaign this season. And then my second sleeper is going to be Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Now, obviously, he's a really good player, and I think some people are kind of overlooking him. Coming over from Green Bay, um, you know, and filling in that kind of wide receiver two role for the Chiefs this year. He's going to get a lot of targets. Obviously, the uh, Chiefs offense really likes to pass the football. We know that. Tyreek Hill's gone. Travis Kelsey's still there. But you have two new options here in Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Juju is also coming off an injury, and that's one of those things, too, that overall, as far as sleepers are concerned for the year, Valdez-Scantling can have tons of production and be a really contributing factor for that offense this year. Now, do I think he's going to drop 50 points a game, though? Do I think he's going to drop 15 to 20 this week? I do believe so. The Cardinals' defense is good on paper, but the way they play, it's not really good because their offense is too good in a way that the Cardinals' just kind of defense is just lacking in some, in some aspects. But overall, I think MVS has got a really good matchup again this week. Um, you know, The only concern really, I think, in the safety area is Buda Baker, um, whether that's in man coverage or zone. But I do think um, that after a period of time, um, MVS is going to come out and do a job and, and honestly have a really good week against the Cardinals defense this upcoming week. My two bus is going to be Travis Etienne Jr. at the Commanders. Again, similar thing that I was talking about with the Jags um, and the Commanders defense is the Commanders pride themselves in run defense on the defensive side compared to pass defense, and that's okay. Um, obviously, I think both sides or teams would like to have a good both run defense as well as pass defense but after a period of time it's one of those things that you have to kind of dive deep and see where you know the errors are and the errors are on the pass defense but if you have a really bad pass defense and you're an nfl team typically you have a good run defense and the commanders do 
It's also going to be Etienne's first NFL game. I'm not really sure how the touches are going to work between James Robinson and Etienne. And honestly, it's one of those things that you could play the risk and start Etienne and maybe even try to use him as a sleeper in week one when the Jags running back duo has really been one of the most quietest pieces of running backs that we've seen this year. And so it's one of those things too, like I said, you're kind of playing Russian roulette with and and seeing where you can come by from it. And I'm really curious to see what's going to happen with them um, in this upcoming season. I do think um, that as the weeks progress, Etienne will get the bulk of the carries, but with the first week and him being a rookie, it's one of those things that he can either do really good or really bad in my opinion. I think he's going to do good, but it's still really hard risk. And against the good commander's run defense, it's going to be tough for him to have success this week. And then Chase Edmonds is going to be my second bust of the week, um, playing at home against the Patriots. Chase Edmonds, honestly, way better than he would be um, in Arizona um, in a Miami situation. They did get rid of Sonny Michelle, but they have a good running back room. And the Dolphins really filter in running backs left and right, it seems like. I think they're going to do the same thing again this year, and it's going to be one of those things that Chase Edmonds is not going to be as productive as people are expecting him to be. I also don't think that the Dolphins are going to run focus uh, this season. They're going to focus their team around Tua, which you can give receptions in the passing game. But with a good Patriots defense, honestly, whenever Belichick's you know coaching the team, having a good defense is huge. And I just think this week against um, – you know, the Patriots, it's just going to be one of those things, a new system, new team, and it's going to be a little bit of a question mark. I'm not saying you can't have uh, Chase Edmonds moving forward in your lineup, but this week against the Patriots defense, I don't see too many benefits um, in putting them there. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Truth. I hope you guys did enjoy it. Like I said, it's a little bit shorter than usual. This is probably going to be around the time frame I do for each of my shows. One of the main reasons why is I don't have a co-host doing this. So if it's 20 minutes now, it typically is 40, 50 minutes, um, you know, double the opinions, double the voices. And honestly, too, I think I'm going to get more viewership with this because let's be honest, who wants to sit and listen to a 50-minute podcast when I can condense the points and make it into a 20, 30-minute podcast? I think that's way much better. On top of that, I have a Thursday night special, which takes 10 to 15 minutes, and then a pick which will probably take 10 to 15 minutes. So... If you combine the three podcasts, it's about an hour, which is what I've... My goal is to try to get about an hour of fantasy content on a week, and that's really all you need. So I hope you guys are liking the new format. If you guys want to see it longer, if you want to see me dive deeper uh, into different, you know, more um, teams and all that stuff or players, let me know down below. I really do want to hear you guys' opinion. But if you haven't already, make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter at The Truth as One to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information of value I know you do not want to miss. Until next time, it is your host, the one you love the most, signing out. Take care, good night, and we'll see you guys tomorrow with my pick for the week.